Anyone that I speak to in social has to be able to be creative or have ideas and know how to execute. I don't think you necessarily need to be able to execute on everything, but social moves so fast, I think more fast than any other role within my sphere or when I'm talking to my colleagues, their spheres even, like it could be immediate. You have to jump on a trend very quickly. So being able to like just have the idea or be able to take someone's idea and execute on it, I think that does take a lot of horsepower and a lot of just like trial and error. Welcome to the Social Complex Podcast, where we are diving into the complex impact and influence of social media on brands, brains, and the bigger picture of our modern world. Here's your host, Hillary Applegate. Welcome back to another week of the Social Complex Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the past, present, and future of the social media industry. The jobs out there have just transformed over the last decade to where we are no longer just seeing a jack-of-all-trades social media manager, but full social media teams being hired at organizations of all sizes around the world. And there is no one better to join me in this conversation than Kelly Gordon. Kelly is a senior marketing agent at Creative People. Before finding her dream job at Creative People, she tried her hand at creative services in the agency life and fashion, and also dipped her toes into the startup world. It may have taken her a little bit of time to figure out what it is that she loves doing, but now she loves getting to work with incredibly talented brand content and social media marketers. Kelly and I had a blast talking about what life was like hiring for social media roles pre-2021 and post-2021, how these roles have completely changed in how companies are hiring for them, budgeting for them, what makes candidates stand out in this space to recruiters that are placing these roles, and also how these jobs are faring in an economy that is a little bit uncertain these days. So buckle up and let's get into it. What roles do you fill? Social is definitely one of them, but what is the variety of roles that you fill? Yeah, so I personally will cover everything from social, then like high level content, content strategy, content marketing, and then brand roles. So mostly like brand directors, senior managers of brand, like integrated brand roles. I think those all kind of blend together at one point with social being my main expertise and kind of like where I built my business, if you will. Um, And then from there, it's kind of spiraled. But within social, it can be anything from content creators, content strategists, um, a lot of like I've hired social producers, um, social editors, people that are leaning more social copy heavy. So people who are focusing on Twitter. Um, And I feel like a lot of people don't realize just how broad social can be now when, I mean, we can chat about it. But when I first wanted to start working in social, it was like, you have to do it all. And some brands still have that. But I think we're moving towards successful social means a lot of different things. I feel like it was always the jack of all trade and master of none when it came to social positions. Yeah, no, it was, it's, I mean, and then you'll get some brands that ask for that. And then they tend to change after meeting like four or five candidates and you carve out really what the big needs are. And then you like shift the types of candidates you're throwing in front of them, but we can't, no one can do it all and they shouldn't have to. (laughs) What's, what is a transition you usually find when you're working with companies that say, we want a social media manager. And then all of a sudden they're like, maybe we need somebody a little bit more creative than we do strategic, or maybe we need somebody that's a little bit more responsive than we need somebody that's like creative. I see it typically when they tie influencer and social together. I think they go hand in hand, but they tend to say we need someone who's working with the influencer agency or building the ambassador program, as well as creating a strategy helping create the posts and then making sure that like we're doing well analytics, like we're talking to the community. And typically, I mean, it really depends, but I've seen the influencer side drop out or become more of like, let's bring on an agency to take on more of that piece of the puzzle than this one 
person. I think it's now moving to social managers. They want people who understand how to work with content creators, not just like influencers, which is really, really nuanced when you get that granular. I think my parents would be like, what um, are you talking about? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do think that um, when I first kick off a role and they want both of those things, I try to show someone who's more involved in the influencer side of social and then someone who's more with like a channel manager or maybe like social strategy. Um, but it goes all different ways. Brands just never actually know what they want, I've decided. And then we get a month in and, and we really nail it. So a lot yeah. of trial and error up front. That's so fun. I I started in social media back in 2012, 2013, and it was jack of all trades. You got to be able to do everything. You have to be able to report on analytics. You have to be able to pull insights. You have to be able to post content. You have to be able to create content. You got to be able all to edit one videos. Day. All in one day. And we're <laughs> yeah. going to pay you $30,000 a year. It's just like the times are changing. And now we're looking at teams and team structure. How yeah. has your journey in this space evolved? Like what even got you interested in the space in the first place? My career path is really not linear at all. So looking at where I've been and what I've done, I would personally not say like I'm a very hireable candidate, but I do think there's a, a, a through line. And a lot of that really does come down to like what I was personally passionate about, which is, you know, products, brands, internet culture, editorial, all of those things, which honestly just started exploding on social. I worked personally within a lot of like agencies. I did a lot of recruitment there, um, mostly for creatives, but I was kind of on my own job search, poking around LinkedIn. And I came across creative people where I work now. And I, they were hiring for a specific job, but I was like, what are they doing? Like, it looks like they hire for brands that I love and they're really a part of the process. So I just ended up cold messaging them being like, I'm not interested in the roles you're hiring for, but if anything on your team opens up, it looks really fun. And I'd love to work with the talent that you guys work with. So I came in and they asked me, do you want to work in marketing or product design? And I was like, well, I'm obsessed with marketing. Like I'm the one that's like eating up all the stuff you see on like the ad agency websites and just like ad age in general. Um, and I worked on advertising a bit um, tangentially. So they put me on the marketing desk and then here we're really specialized and we had hired a few social roles, but they had seen a lot of interest within social and content. And so they said, you get to take that over. And I was very happy about that because I love this space. I love social media managers. I think um, I, in a past life, I would have wanted to do that. I can hardly use the camera on my phone. So I just like personally, I'm not very good at it. And everything clicked. And after I filled the first role, it just like tumbleweed effect, I guess. And now I've been working here for two years, really focusing specifically on social recruitment, which I honestly think is cool that they let us get into that a little bit ahead of its time. Now I think brands are willing to to pay to bring the best social managers in. But when we first started, it was a little bit pulling teeth or like a little bit of sticker shock when they were like, we, we have to pay you to hire someone to run social. And now it's like the biggest part of brand marketing. So long-winded, but kind of just honestly stumbled into it a little bit. <laughs> it's funny that you say that you're, you in a past life would have been an influencer. I would say <laughs> that you have some influence in LinkedIn. You've got over 36,000 followers. Girl. I don't know. I know. I think honestly, what people in social needed and what I like to look at is like myself as sort of a cheerleader or someone who's like helping to tell their stories. And I think having someone on the other side of the table or even a third party that really understands just how like nuanced and hard these roles actually are. It's not taking a photo from a photo shoot, posting it and hoping for the best or making something go viral is not typically on purpose. There's sometimes no rhyme or reason. And so I think what really struck a chord with the people that I was speaking to was just understanding that someone was like on their team and also being a little bit more 
of a cheerleader. And the things that I found interesting was like what's happening in the space. And I think I was only seeing social managers post that for each other. And now I'm like, okay, I hope a director of brand or like a CMO sees this so they can kind of like get with the times. And so I think people just wanted a friend or like a an ally. <laughs> I don't know where that following came from. I think something went viral once about social teams, which is what we chatted about or quickly touched on. I was like, you need a social team. And it was like, like minds blown. <laughs> Clearly it resonated because that's, I mean, I've hired and built social media teams and developed different talent and different pools. And I was always preaching from the choir that we have to have a diverse set of skill. You're not going to be able to take somebody and put them in a strategy role and a content creation role and a management role. It's just not, it's not really going to like effectively happen. And so you're preaching to the choir here for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm happy about that. I feel like I found my people, which is really, really nice and anything I can do. I also feel like there's just a lot more people talking about social in a way that's like a real job rather than like, I mean, you've seen it a lot too, because you're within social, but like telling brands like, oh, the intern should be fired or like give the intern a raise. Like these are people with who can make a lot of money. I think people are surprised too at like what this type of career can can give people and like the platform it can give people. But um, I think it's just turned into something a little bit more um, acceptable in our society as a real job yeah, <laughs> and not a side hustle. And it's definitely interesting uh, to show up at the Thanksgiving dinner table and talk about your job. People are like, wait, excuse me, what do you do for a living? Oh my gosh, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. What are the core characteristics of a great social candidate? Um, I think my number one, and uh, I don't know if everyone will agree with this, but I do think horsepower. I think it's a little vague, but I think that great social managers typically, or I mean, social so broad, but anyone that I speak to in social has to be able to be creative or have ideas and know how to execute. I don't think you necessarily need to be able to execute on everything, but Social moves so fast, I think more fast than any other role within my sphere or when I'm talking to my colleagues, their spheres even, like it could be immediate. You have to jump on a trend very quickly. So being able to like just have the idea or be able to take someone's idea and execute on it, I think that does take a lot of horsepower and a lot of just like trial and error, um, which I'm just going to define as horsepower. And then I think creativity, and that does not mean you need to be a creator yourself, but like thinking outside of the box, as well as curiosity. So what I like to call geeking out within your industry and trying to understand what the trends are, what new platforms should you be trying, what brands are doing things really well, how can you emulate them? So I like to say horsepower, creativity, and um, curiosity across every social role is things that I look for. Yeah, that sounds like a trifecta of a candidate <laughs> pretty much in every sphere. Yeah. <laughs> and I think horsepower is such a unique word, but I totally get it. And I immediately think of like 2020, like when 2020 happened, <laughs> I would be so curious to hear from your perspective, seeing the candidates, I just felt a sense of burnout across the entire industry. Yeah. I mean, so I started focusing on social within 2021, like early 2021. But I think what happened from there was that burnout where people are saying, you know, I'm literally doing emergency comms for my brand. I'm also trying to hop on a meme trend. I'm managing someone for the first time because now we need to have a content creator. I'm working with a CMO or C-suite and I am 24. I don't even know what I'm doing, how to handle this. And then I'm expected to keep numbers up. So there was just so much asked of the individuals within social. And I think that also just created what I think is like a good kind of like boundaries, if you will. Like now when I talk to people, they tend to be able to tell me what they don't want to do. Whereas I think sometimes when you're a little bit younger in your career, I think you should try everything within social. I'm not saying like you should be paid the least and do everything, but sometimes it is good to just say, yes, let me try it or let me be the one that's doing it. But now when I get to someone who's like 
two to three and up, they tend to say like, I really don't want to be doing X. Like community is not my thing. Like I want to create. Um, so I think it, it gave people a perspective on like, you're allowed to set boundaries, which I think is a good thing. I would agree with that. Yeah, that was a crazy time. And the crisis comms part and marrying the team of the people that are in charge of holding the keys to your brand when something goes so publicly awry and marrying that with social media where anything can go awry at any time. You're oh the God. front lines of all day. All, all day crisis. things go wrong. <laughs> like all day. And not even and not even you know, obviously there's so much happening in the world, but then they're also being asked to, Hey, make sure this person gets their order or, you know, they're, you need to be nice to this person who is berating us. Like there's no protection sometimes of a social manager. And I feel like that was a big theme I saw coming out of 2020. Like they wanted a team who understood what social was and what it is not. Absolutely. So how are you seeing teams structured now that it's getting more credibility across a variety of industries? Yeah, I would say, again, always depends on how much money these actual teams and brands want to invest within social. But I've definitely seen a lot of my roles have been a little bit more strategy focused. So understanding like why we're investing in certain channels, like how what does our rollout look like? What do the production processes look like? What types of third parties or partnerships do we need to be working with? So those are like my senior roles tend to be a little bit more strategy focused, whereas my more, I wouldn't even say more junior roles, but sometimes a little bit more focused roles tend to be community oriented. So like really being like that brand voice and that, I mean, I I keep saying the word cheerleader, but like, you know, really gaining your fans trust, speaking with them, creating those relationships that kind of set the brands apart. So I've definitely been seeing a little bit more someone who's holding the strategy, someone who's in the weeds, talking to the fans, maybe even making like special moments and sending them one-off like gift cards or something like that and then someone who's actually like managing the channels and like really taking the reins scheduling the post making sure everything's going out on time doing a little bit of analytics but kind of the one that's like holding everything together if you will I feel like back in the day social roles were really accelerated so like the in the weeds person people grew out of that role like pretty quickly compared to other possible coordinator roles or community manager roles. You know, I, I just think social accelerated. Do you find that it's still accelerating or do you find that it's kind of like starting to slow down and level out as it's becoming more of a team effort? I, I mean, I honestly feel like I've talked to people that are even later in their careers and they'll be like, I just want to focus on community and content creator community. So like they just want to dig in a little bit more there or the manager roles tend to want to like take on a little bit more seniority and actually manage someone who's a little bit more junior who's in the weeds and holding things. I don't think it's slowing down at all, the more that the teams get built out, I would say maybe it's a little bit more focused and you get to like hone in on your craft rather than having to do like a mile a minute. But I still feel like people are so exposed to what each person on the team is doing. So like if you wanted to kind of like lean over, everyone can always use help in this in this sphere. Um, You typically can. I don't I really haven't seen any pushback when even I'm like talking to a hiring manager and I'm like, this person's been on community, but now wants to move to a manager role. They're like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it, I don't think it's it decelerated anyone's career in any way. It's funny. I chose social because I felt like it was the path of least resistance when I was graduating college. That's like the honest reason why I chose it. I was like, I'm going to be able to rock this. I, I read an article in a for- in forums from this guy that was like, this was back in 2013. He's like, social media is not going to be a career in five years. Like, don't try to make it a career. It's not a thing. Like, he was trying to give advice, you know? And I was like, this loser, like, what are you talking about? So that was, I'm stubborn. So that was my choice at that moment in time. And I feel like it was the right choice for a lot of reasons, especially the enthusiasm. But it is interesting to see now that the space is a lot more mature. Um, I think it's still growing, exponentially but 
as it's getting to more of a mature, more understood, more budgeted for space, I think that it's like, what are we anticipating is going to happen for these organizations in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, it's crazy. I think um, I've been seeing a lot more of like a fluid role that almost becomes like social slash offline and partnerships because people are, when you can do social successfully, like when you look at the McDonald's, the Wendy's, the Chipotle's of the world, I think other teams look at them and they're like, wow, they have such a big community that they've built from social that they now can activate through all of these other different marketing channels. And a lot of that actually is like these like stunt marketing or, you know, like I always think of Chipotle with the corn kid or, you know, the candle that they put out. So I think that I've been seeing roles become a little bit more like fluid between social and partnerships and then also social and creator. So trying to figure out a way to be very authentic. I think especially Gen Z is a lot more discerning than me as and my millennial generation was when it comes to being sold to um, and like what brands stand for. So I think that a lot of the roles are also evolving to like, how do we best bring creators into our brand making it feel authentic, also getting the content that we need. And so I've just been seeing a little bit more push towards creator rather than influencer, if you will. I'm not sure like what other channels can exist. Like I know we've had the clubhouses of the world. I don't think that really worked that well. TikTok's great, but even you as a social person knows it's really, really hard for a brand to come off authentic there. So I think that's where those creators and like the community building aspect comes in. Okay. I know you mentioned Chipotle and McDonald's and Wendy's when it comes to community. How, like, what are some creative ways that you've seen candidates, companies, et cetera, really lean into that idea of community and translate it to outside sources? Yeah. One comes to mind immediately, and I hope I don't butcher it, but one time I was talking to someone from Wendy's, and they have a ton of people on their team that are constantly, I mean, they work with a lot of outside agencies, they work internally, but it was something like they realized that this big group of people watch these games on barges out in Seattle, and so from tapping into this like one nugget of kind of like their analytics and data of like who's tweeting when they're looking at things. They basically created their own Wendy's barge to then go feed these fans that like watch basketball. I'm totally butchering that, but it was so insane. And I'm going to send you the article (laughs) after this because I was like, huh? Like I could hardly even follow the person that was telling me about this, but she was like, she was on the like social marketing team. And she was like, we did this big stunt activation um, where we brought a barge to these fans, these super fans that watch sports, which I think is really cool. I also think that beauty brands do community and kind of like activating on community really well and in authentic ways. I don't know if it's anything crazy, but I tend to find that when brands come to me and say they need someone who's managed large accounts or worked with like quite large and very like diverse communities, not just like, you know, the the people in New York City that understand niche culture, a lot of those people tend to be um, from the beauty brands and they've built insane communities that they can activate on quite easily. That is awesome. And community also goes back to influencers, content creators, people that really do like build out individually their own communities that then brands are like, okay, I want to tap into your community now. I want to go ahead and have a partnership with you. What, how can brands, in your opinion, do that in the most effective way? Because personally, my perspective, I don't think that the one-off is any good idea. I don't think that's doing you any good. I think it has to come back to more of a long-term engagement. But I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, even just as a consumer of social, I think we've all figured out that, you know, if an influencer posts one thing about a product, you're like, oh, that looks interesting. You kind of forget about it. Um, So I do think that 
these longer term partnerships are important, but again, it's really hard to then make it feel authentic if like each post is kind of the same thing with like the same verbiage. Um, that's why I think there are opportunities for like these micro influencers or people that are like super obsessed with your product. Like I love that aspect of social so much where maybe the community manager person who's really kind of like the one managing it was like, Hey, I saw this girl, like she was raving about the product, like whatever it is, like they tend to be able to find these like super fans and then maybe activating on those smaller communities I feel like is the ways that like I tend to buy things like if I'm on TikTok I'd much rather buy from someone with 10,000 followers than 1.5 million because that just feels really inauthentic I'm like how many things are they plugging whereas like I don't know maybe it's like a Jedi mind trick but I'm like this person with 10,000 followers like they're speaking to their fans like I am a major fan of them um they're not just like speaking to the masses so I think that brands looking at these smaller individuals with like little pockets of their own communities is a lot more authentic or an easier way to feel like you're you're reaching people in a way that actually converts them. And thinking now, because we are dealing with a lot of uncertainty in the economy, we're dealing with a lot of layoffs, we're dealing with a lot of scrutiny around hiring and hiring freezes coming into effect how are you seeing the market and social media evolving with that change? Yeah, that's a good question. I think in general, I, I mean, maybe it's a one-off and like a good time of the year for me, but I actually feel like people are really hiring for social right now. Um, I, I think I was saying earlier to you right now, I just kicked off three new social roles, all kind of the same leveling, maybe a little bit differing in terms of what they need this person to do day to day, but it's all kind of like this three to five years of experience, someone who can like really kickstart the brand. Those do tend to be brands that are, you know, series B, series C, not necessarily, we don't really work with like big, big tech brands that are building out like massive social teams. Um, but I do feel that any brand that's now trying to break through the noise that used to be like, we need the most incredible brand marketer that's going to come up with like these crazy ideas. They're now looking to like social media mm. people to break the noise. Um, so I don't want to jinx anything, but I've been kind of lucky here. I would say that one thing I'm not seeing as much is like, it definitely was a candidate driven market yeah. last year, year and a half ago. So salaries have leveled out. I'm not saying they're lower, but it's just like people used to be able to throw kind of crazy numbers at me and I wouldn't really blink. And now I'm, I just have to be a little bit more like, you know what, that's a little bit above what we're seeing. Yeah. Um, and they might just have to like, I don't even think it would be a big pay cut, to be honest. It's just not as crazy as it once was for us from a salary perspective. Yeah. And what, what do you think was driving that craziness in this space specifically? Yeah, I think TikTok was a big one. It still is a big one. But this new platform came onto the scene and there were some brands that were able to really capitalize on it, probably by accident, to be honest. <laughs> like, I think, um, you know, 2020, we just saw like the rise of the influencer and they could like really, really sell your products very, very quickly and at insane and reach like insane amounts of people. I think now brands understand how powerful TikTok was where they probably weren't taking it as serious before. Um, so every role that I get right now is we need to focus on TikTok and Instagram because Instagram's now like just table stakes. Um, whereas TikTok's this new platform that they're trying to figure out and no one that's been in social or like, you know, the CMOs or more, maybe the more senior marketers are like almost over the hump of when they're like, I don't, I just don't get it. I need to bring in someone who can just like be in the platform for us. So I think TikTok kind of brought that uptick. And then the idea of community, I'm, I'm, I think social, like the one thing I can say about it, it's all about community, big or small. You don't need to, you know, have the biggest community to do well. You just need an active community that really believes in your brand. So I think 
brands are starting to realize that as well. And they're trying to bring people in to nurture that community. Isn't that funny that we saw that with TikTok and that's kind of the same thing that happened with Instagram before. And it's the same thing that's happened with Facebook before. It's like, it's just the trend in social where a platform does come up and people don't know what to do with it. And you don't know if it's going to be a TikTok or if it's going to be a clubhouse, but yeah, you just, you, you've got to lean into the team to be able to, to suss it out with the resourcing that you have. Yeah. I mean, every like then people are like should we be on twitch should we be on twitter like i don't i'm like i don't know it really depends like bring the go back to your audience (laughs) yeah exactly what are they where where are they trying to find you like where are they talking about you it's how do you activate them so funny you bring up twitch too because i have so many clients that i'm like you actually should be on twitch because you're legitimately the right person for (laughs) like your audience is there and that is where you should be but they're like oh I don't know anything about it I don't know if I want to be there and it's like they're like well I know how to build the community for you I know people who can get you there (laughs) how can social media managers arm themselves with the information to get the buy-in that they need to be able to help these brands go where they need to go on social because everyone knows what Instagram is. Everyone knows what Facebook yeah. is. Everyone knows what LinkedIn is. So it's like the approval level at C-suite is like, I only want to play where I know. So what yeah. advice can you give to social media managers or anyone in the social media strategy space who is like, I am trying to get them to go where they need to go and I am having a heck of a time doing it? Yeah, I think that a lot of that comes down to kind of creating a case and creating a story. I think this literally goes for every single job. I think numbers, which we don't always want to talk about, especially when you're like a creative, they speak volumes. Like to be honest, like all of these companies are businesses. Like they need money to run. They need to get customers, whatever your community is for. Sometimes it's, it's really not about converting them, but at the end of the day, social is kind of the face of the brand. And, um, I think that the easiest, or it's literally never going to be easy if you're C-suite doesn't want to listen to you. But I think those types of people tend to be looking at numbers the most. So I think that if you can put a case together in terms of just like engagement, where people are, there's definitely a lot of different platforms right now. I wouldn't be the most well-versed in this, but I know the people I talk to that you can be pulling the numbers and the data from other companies. So maybe like be proactive in terms of like, hey, I really, really think that we need to be leaning a lot harder into Instagram and need to do away with TikTok. It's not going to work for our brand. Here's why Instagram's working for us. Here are the numbers. Here's like proxy brands that we're looking at. Same goes with TikTok. And I think it's always going to be a hard conversation because right now, again, not every member of C-suite or directors want to hear that. But I'm always like, come back with the numbers. Even now when I'm like, bringing candidates to the table to talk to actual clients, I always ask them, I'm like, what KPIs were you responsible for driving any big kind of like surges in, you know, engagement rates or followers, like give me those that they can just like see and truly click in their mind. Like, Oh, this person has, has done something. Um, that tends to be like the biggest way to win any case speak <laughs> as a in marketer. Their language. Speak <laughs> yeah, in yeah. Their speak their language. language. I love it. So these candidates that you're working with, they are all diverse in their skill set, in their background, in what they do, and how they operate. What would you say are some big opportunities for candidates who are out there right now looking for new positions? How can they grow their practice to be more competitive for the companies that you're seeing are looking for these roles? Yeah, I would say if you are really serious about your job search, create a portfolio and tell your story. You do not need to be a designer by any means, but I do think that today more than ever, hiring managers and brands have 0.5 seconds to look at what you've done and where you're at. And sometimes that won't be really 
so much for someone who hasn't had the opportunity to work for these like big name brands. So maybe even put together a bit of like your personal work. Are you a photographer on the side? Do you love doing that? Have you worked with a friend's brand? Like put those things together in a PDF or I mean, like Canva is amazing, <laughs> but make a Canva um, yeah, and tell your story. Um, and then I would also say network and network does not mean you have to be taking people to coffee, asking them how they grew in their career. But LinkedIn has become this incredible tool. I think that's how we found each mm-hmm. other. Um, and not just because I'm a LinkedIn influencer, I'm totally kidding there. <laughs> but I do think where I find a lot of candidates are actually those like commenting, and interacting with other social managers and brand managers and putting like a little bit of thought about what they do for their craft. Like I I would say like in general, there's people that I've now seen blow up on LinkedIn and I'm like, I want to hire that person for a brand. Like they have a voice, they have an opinion, they understand social. I don't, I mean, I haven't even seen their portfolios, but I'm like, this person like is such a nerd in terms of like how social works and how they want to like build a brand social out and to me I find that like a a quality that you can't just like put on paper um so I would say create a portfolio and then network connect with social managers you admire start commenting on their posts post yourself what are you seeing in social what's cool what's did, did a brand just launch some stunt that you were dying over that you thought was so smart post about it. Um, And then I think just like getting your name out there, because a lot of the times, as I mentioned, like you won't have the same opportunities as someone who's worked for like this huge brand. So you have to just like make it known that you love this space, you want to be in it and you can obsess over it and create cool I don't want to curse on this podcast, but create cool stuff for, for the brands. Um, so yeah, that's, I would say are my, um, my biggest things, networking and portfolio. I love it. Would you say that you've ever had a candidate that has come across your desk that has like wowed you because of what they've done, whether that was like creatively putting together their profile or like reaching out to you in a creative way? Like, has there been anybody that's really stood out to you and made an impression? Yes, I would say that the portfolios go so far, especially if your career is a little bit nonlinear or your LinkedIn, like say you were a little bit jumpy, I was jumpy too, or say you do freelance. There are people that at first glance, I'm like, "Mm, I don't really have the time to talk to them today. Should I move that call? And then I look at their portfolio and again, has a few statistics, has a few really like great posts that they've done, links out to some TikToks tweets, whatever it is. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so excited to talk to this person. So like, I do think a LinkedIn can be a mask and that's why the portfolio is, is really important. I've also had a candidate call me and I was like, how did they find my number? It was on LinkedIn. I don't advise that. That wasn't a great, but then she also like followed up on LinkedIn and on email and was like really wanting to get in touch with me, which just showed me like, she's very interested in the role and again, the horsepower. (laughs) (laughs) But again, I think the portfolio is so cool. And sometimes people put together like little samples for me. They're like, I love this brand. So I put together quick thoughts around like what a cool social activation could be or a cool partnership. I love that. I'd love to chat with you. I love that. So that that. was, those things are cool. Again, horsepower, creativity, and probably a fun exercise for them as well. It's always great to see people who are getting excited too. And I think that sometimes like with brands that you had admired for so long, you're like, oh, that's so out of reach for me to ever to be able to work with them. Like there's this idea that it's little old me and big old them. But it's like the the this world that we live in, you are much closer to being able to work for these companies that you have admired for so long because they yeah. are scaling up in these areas yeah. and they are looking for that talent. And so your idea about letting them dream and letting them get creative and have some fun with it, it's like that's a great way to show your chops. Also, it, it's so funny too that you said like little old me, big old them. I do think like brands are looking to – to try to take more bets on younger candidates, especially when it comes to like the TikToks of the world. Um, So that creativity really goes a long, long way. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love it. And when you think about social media's impact on hiring in general, 
we know that LinkedIn is so important and so powerful, but there's also other social media platforms out there like Instagram. And if you have a public Instagram or a public TikTok and you're showing off, you know, a certain personality or a persona, um, can that either help or hurt a candidate based on what they have on their social media platforms? I tend to want to share the candidate's personal um, socials. I don't think that a brand should expect someone who runs a pretty large social account to personally be responsible for a very large social following as well. I've seen so many people talk about and my friends and people within social talk about this weird like duality of maybe having 500 followers on your personal channel and then managing an account of 500,000. Like sometimes you're just tired and you don't want to be posting, but I have a lot of roles recently too, or hiring managers that I think get social, which is not that common. Um, But they're like, if there's personal Instagrams, like they want to send them along, send those. I want to see like what they're looking at, what they're doing personally. It doesn't have to be super curated, but sometimes it can give a little bit more of like a rounded story to a candidate. Like say you're working at a pretty bland and dry brand where the posts are a little bit like not that impressive, but you don't really have much say over it. I'm like, look at their personal though. Like they are colorful, fun. Like they love food and that's what you guys do. Um, So I'll go both ways. I'm a massive stalker. So I'll like kind of make that judgment call just because I do a lot of the hiring. Um, But then I've had hiring managers ask for people's personals and if they're okay sharing, I share. I don't think it's ever really hurt unless you are saying really offensive things, which I think we all don't or try not to do anymore, (laughs) Um, or like try to police each other on that. Um, But I actually encourage it, especially because being in social, you really don't always get a big say in in terms of like, what you can or cannot post. Yeah, I I, I have seen it go both ways too. I'm curious too, because I remember, I don't know, how much of an old millennial you are, but back in the day, on we used to post like Facebook pictures and albums up, yeah. and then <laughs> our sorority would be like, "You better not have any red cups in your hands," and we'd have to like blur them out, and we're just like holding these blurs, and it's like obviously that is a red solo cup, people. So, and it's like, they literally made you think that like your digital footprint was going to be forever harnessed and you were going to be up for CEO one day and they were going to tell you, I saw that picture (sighs) back in college when you had a red solo cup. I'm curious, is there any of that still residual in the hiring process or has, is that kind of like an outdated more so like the bar has changed to just don't say anything offensive and don't be weird. Yeah, I I think you're right. I kind of forgot about that. I do work with a lot of brands that are pretty open minded. I think it depends on the hiring manager and like how down to earth they are. But at the end of the day, I do think it's better safe than sorry. So if someone does have an Instagram, that's like, you know, them being a little bit more promiscuous, which they can be, I don't, I really don't care. You're human. I wouldn't send that. But I do think if, you know, personally, you're just a more artistic person, and you're taking a lot of great photos or making your own reels content, whatever it is, like, that's great. Um, But I kind of forgot about that aspect. (laughs) Core memory unlocked. Yeah, I know. Geez, my parents. Oh my God, you're never going to get a job. I know. You're never going to get hired. No one's ever going to look at you seriously. I'm like, oh my gosh. Facebook is the most locked up out of everything. Oh my God. I don't, I don't even remember my password. I got a new computer. And I think sometimes I see like my mom has sent me something where we text all the time and I'm like, why are you still using Facebook messenger? Get off of there, mom. Are you finding (laughs) that companies are still hiring for Facebook? No, no. Um, maybe like paid social, they'll, they'll talk about that, but, um, it's TikTok. Um, Instagram, sometimes LinkedIn, depending where they're at, especially the B2B companies don't really care about TikTok. They care about LinkedIn and a little bit more of the written content. Um, Twitter was something I think people are still trying to understand like what Twitter looks like from a landscape perspective. Um, 
but yeah, I would say, and then Pinterest is kind of having a little bit of a resurgence when I'm looking at and talking to brands that are selling products. Um, but yeah, TikTok, Instagram, and then a few tertiaries. Have you found <laughs> anything with Snapchat recently? I just was speaking to a candidate that was like, here are the platforms I'm really proficient in. Here are the ones that I'm okay with. And then I don't think anyone really talks about Snapchat anymore or ever needs me to ever touch that again. Um, but I can do <laughs> Snapchat. <laughs> I think oh. it's like more for like news outlets or I think I've, I've worked, a, I've worked with a lot of individuals coming from editorial and media and they tend to still have some teams there, but no brand has, I don't, I don't think I've asked someone about Snapchat since when I first started in 2021. That is so funny. I had uh, Phil Walton on the podcast and he is like a preferred partner for creating snap lenses. Do you remember the potato? Oh my God. He made the potato (laughs) and it was licensed by Taco Bell. Oh my, legendary though. I I mean, I think that's again how you build your community, but now everyone has, you know, Instagram, TikTok, there's all these new they all caught on. Yeah. So, except I do know that I have colleagues that are Gen Z and I'm aging myself so bad, but they all talk through Snapchat. I don't think they use it as like it's a brand a platform, huge but it's a huge platform. <laughs> yeah. They like for, chat to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Gen Z and Alpha are still very much on Snapchat. So, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if we don't. If, I think we're going to see a resurgence with like. Oh, yeah. I mean, people Snapchat. are still there. So, brands are going to find a way to reach those audiences um, spoil it <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah reach barge yeah. in spoil. on the party yeah oh I know gosh. I'm like Instagram now it's every other scroll is an ad I hate it I it's hate really sad it, Kelly yeah yeah like why that's why I'm like I, it, it's like, I, I much prefer TikTok now. Cause at least I'm like watching a creator do something funny or some good ASMR that I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is soothing. <laughs> but isn't that an indicator of where we are headed as far as like, we, I, I honestly truly believe that Instagram is going to turn people away. Like I, even yeah. myself am off Instagram than I ever have been simply because of all the ads and yeah. go into TikTok. It's like, why don't you dig your own grave? Yeah. I mean, I think that's too, again, like the brands start infiltrating. So now they're like, they're only looking for Instagram, social media managers or social creators. And so like now all of that hard work that all of those social media managers put into these channels, it's now showing up. We're like, wait, we hate this. So now we're going to TikTok and that, guess what I'm hiring for? TikTok. <laughs> Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think it's, there's always going to be that because brands are always going to jump on it. And at the end of the day, like these brands pay people to be social media managers. So I don't really know my thoughts on it, but I know personally, I do not like being on Instagram at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Did you hear that they're going to move back into more photo content being prioritized over video? (laughs) They are... Handing in the towel a little bit on that initial gut check. Oh my gosh. I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe they'll win. Maybe they'll win you back. Maybe they won't, but we're just going to have to hang in and find out. I know. Um, I, I'm like, I, I just talked to some colleagues who were like, oh, I deleted Instagram off my phone, but kept TikTok because that's all I used. So <gasps> here we go. Oh, people. Sorry. We're moving. We're <laughs> moving and we're grooving. What? <laughs> parting advice would you give to any listeners out there who are on the hunt for a new position or are in a transitional period of time and are really looking for their next role in social? What, what would you say to them? I would one, I think I mentioned it before, create a portfolio Two, update your LinkedIn and start connecting with people in that space. And then three, which I don't know if this is hundred percent kosher, but what I've seen work a little bit better is really making a list of your top companies and seeing who's posting jobs. And I would not just like throw your resume and portfolio at thousands of jobs that you see on LinkedIn. I would like hone in on 10 to 15, maybe 20 and do what we said before, like what separates you? Can you create a quick little video or can you write a quick little note of three things that you see that the brand could be doing better? Obviously not in a way that 
you know better than them, but just saying like, I love what you guys are doing and here are some of my thoughts as an expert within the space. Um, so I think quality over quantity when it comes to applying and looking at what's out there. LinkedIn does a really great job if you go to their jobs page and type in social media, social creator, influencer marketing, constantly look at those, save those jobs. You can actually create an alert when new jobs come around. Um, and then I would just say, have your portfolio and resume. I don't even know if a resume is as important. I think sort of is. Um, have your portfolio and resume ready at hand to just like fire off to those hiring managers. Make a list and check it twice. Thank you, Kelly, yeah. for the advice. <laughs> yes. Oh, I also will say working with someone like me who is an expert within the space and like really wants to help you tell your story as well as like navigate the market. Um, we obviously want to help as many people as we can, but I think having like a trusted partner on your side is another way to just make sure that you are crossing your T's and dotting your I's in terms of like what's on the market and how to best market yourself. Amazing. Kelly Gordon, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It was wonderful talking to you and getting inside of your brain. Do you mind sharing where people can find you and where they can follow you and learn from you and connect with you? Yes. So let's start with LinkedIn because I got to build that following up. Yeah. Um, so I am <laughs> yeah. Kelly Gordon. I work at Creative People. Connect with me there and all of my contact infos on the page. And then Creative People has amazing, amazing, amazing social channels. We have our own social media manager. So, you know, it's important to us creative people on Instagram and then on TikTok as well. Amazing. Thanks so much, Kelly. Yes, thank you. We did it. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Social Complex Podcast. Your support means the world to me. So if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, be sure to leave a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. We'll be releasing a new episode every Tuesday, bringing you various stories, deep dives, and discussions around the complexities of social media in our modern world. To follow along for more, be sure to follow us at Your Social HQ on Instagram or check out Social HQ at www.yoursocialhq.com. I'm your host, Hillary Applegate, and I'll see you back here next week. Stay sane out there.